Book four, chapters ten through thirteen of Against Heresies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Against Heresies by St. Irenaeus. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombo. Chapter ten. The Old Testament scriptures, and those written by Moses in particular, do everywhere make mention of the Son of God, and foretell his advent and passion. From this fact, it follows that they were inspired by one and the same God. 1. Wherefore also, John does appropriately relate that the Lord said to the Jews, Ye search the scriptures in which ye think ye have eternal life. These are they which testify of me. And ye are not willing to come unto me, that ye may have life. How, therefore, did the scriptures testify of him, unless they were from one and the same Father, instructing men beforehand as to the advent of his Son, and foretelling the salvation brought in by him? For if ye had believed Moses, ye would also have believed me, for he wrote of me, saying this, no doubt, because the Son of God is implanted everywhere throughout his writings at one time, indeed, speaking with Abraham when about to eat with him, at another time with Noah, giving to him the dimensions of the ark, at another inquiring after Adam, at another bringing down judgment upon the Sodomites, and again when he becomes visible and directs Jacob on his journey and speaks with Moses from the bush. And it would be endless to recount the occasions upon which the Son of God is shown forth by Moses. Of the day of his passion, too, he was not ignorant, but foretold him, after a figurative manner, by the name given to the Passover, and at that very festival which had been proclaimed such a long time previously by Moses, did our Lord suffer, thus fulfilling the Passover. And he did not describe the day only, but the place also, and the time of day at which the sufferings ceased, and the sign of the setting of the sun, saying, Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover within any other of thy cities which the Lord God gives thee, but in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose that his name be called on there, thou shalt sacrifice the Passover at even, towards the setting of the sun. 2. And already he had also declared his advent, saying, There shall not fail a chief in Judah, nor a leader from his loins, until he come for whom it is laid up. And he is the hope of the nations, binding his foal to the vine, and his ass's colt to the creeping ivy. He shall wash his stole in wine, and his upper garment in the blood of the grape. His eyes shall be more joyous than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. For let those who have the reputation of investigating everything inquire at what time a prince and leader failed out of judah and who is the hope of the nations who also is the vine what was the ass's colt referred to as his what the clothing and what the eyes what the teeth and what the wine and thus let them investigate every one of the points mentioned and they shall find that there was none other announced than our lord christ jesus wherefore moses when chiding the ingratitude of the people, said, Ye infatuated people and unwise, 
do ye thus requit the lord and again he indicates that he who from the beginning founded and created them the word who also redeems and vivifies us in the last times is shown as hanging on the tree and they will not believe on him for he says and thy life shall be hanging before thine eyes and thou wilt not believe thy life and again has not this same one thy father owned thee and made thee and created thee chapter eleven the old prophets and righteous men knew beforehand of the advent of christ and earnestly desired to see and hear him he revealing himself in the scriptures by the holy ghost and without any change in himself enriching men day by day with benefits but conferring them in greater abundance on latter than on former generations one but that it was not only the prophets and many righteous men who foreseeing through the holy spirit his advent prayed that they might attain to that period in which they should see their lord face to face and hear his words the lord has made manifest when he says to his disciples many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them in what way then did they desire both to hear and to see unless they had foreknowledge of his future advent but how could they have foreknown it unless they had previously received foreknowledge from himself and how do the scriptures testify of him unless all things had ever been revealed and shown to believers by one and the same god through the word he at one time conferring with his creature and at another propounding his law at one time again reproving and another exhorting and then setting free his servant and adopting him as his son and at the proper time bestowing an incorruptible inheritance for the purpose of bringing man to perfection for he formed him for growth and increase as the scripture says increase and multiply two and in this respect god differs from man that god indeed makes but man is made and truly he who makes is always the same but that which is made must receive both beginning and middle and addition and increase and god does indeed create after a skilful manner while as regards man he is created skilfully god also is truly perfect in all things himself equal and similar to himself as he is all light and all mind and all substance and the fount of all good but man receives advancement and increase towards god for as god is always the same so also man when found in god shall always go on towards god for neither does god at any time cease to confer benefits upon or to enrich man nor does man ever cease from receiving the benefits and being enriched by god for the receptacle of his goodness and the instrument of his glorification is the man who is grateful to him that made him and again the receptacle of his just judgment is the ungrateful man who both despises his maker and is not subject to his word who has promised that he will give very much to those always bringing forth fruit 
and more and more to those who have the Lord's money. Well done, he says, good and faithful servant, because thou hast been faithful in little, I will appoint thee over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. The Lord himself thus promises very much. 3. As, therefore, he has promised to give very much to those who do now bring forth fruit, according to the gift of his grace, but not according to the changeableness of knowledge, for the Lord remains the same, and the same Father is revealed. Thus, therefore, has the one and the same Lord granted, by means of his advent, a greater gift of grace to those of the latter period than what he had granted to those under the Old Testament dispensation. For they indeed used to hear, by means of his servants, that the king would come, and they rejoiced to a certain extent, inasmuch as they hoped for his coming. But those who have beheld him actually present, and have obtained liberty, and been made partakers of his gifts, do possess a greater amount of his grace, and a higher degree of exaltation, rejoicing because of the king's arrival, as also David says, my soul shall rejoice in the Lord, it shall be glad in his salvation. And for this cause, upon his entrance into Jerusalem, all those who were in the way recognized David their king in his sorrow of soul, and spread their garments for him, and ornamented the way with green boughs, crying out with great joy and gladness, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! but to the envious wicked stewards who circumvent those under them, and ruled over those who had no great intelligence, and for this reason were unwilling that the king should come, and who said to him, Hearest thou what these say? Did the Lord reply, Have ye never read? Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. Thus pointing out that what had been declared by David concerning the Son of God, was accomplished in his own person, and indicating that they were indeed ignorant of the meaning of the scripture and the dispensation of God, but declaring that it was himself who was announced by the prophets as Christ, whose name is praised in all the earth, and who perfects praise to his Father from the mouth of babes and sucklings. Wherefore also his glory has been raised above the heavens. 4. If, therefore, the self-same person is present who was announced by the prophets, our Lord Jesus Christ, and if his advent has brought in a fuller measure of grace and greater gifts to those who have received him, it is plain that the Father also is himself the same who was proclaimed by the prophets, and that the Son, on his coming, did not spread the knowledge of another Father, but of the same who was preached from the beginning, from whom also he has brought down liberty to those who, in a lawful manner, and with a willing mind, and with all the heart, do him service. Whereas to scoffers, and to those not subject to God, but who follow outward purifications for the praise of men, which observances have been given as a type of future things, and law typifying, as it were, certain things in a shadow, and delineating eternal things by temporal, celestial by terrestrial, and to those who pretend 
that they do themselves observe more than what has been prescribed, as if preferring their own zeal to God himself, while within they are full of hypocrisy and covetousness and all wickedness, to such has he assigned everlasting perdition by cutting them off from life. Chapter 12 It clearly appears that there was but one author of both the old and the new law, from the fact that Christ condemned traditions and customs repugnant to the former, while he confirmed its most important precepts and taught that he was himself the end of the Mosaic law. 1. For the tradition of the elders themselves, which they pretended to observe from the law, was contrary to the law given by Moses. Wherefore also Isaiah declares, Thy dealers mix wine with water, showing that the elders were in the habit of mingling a water tradition with the simple command of God. That is, they set up a spurious law, and one contrary to the true law, as also the Lord made plain when he said to them, why do ye transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For not only by actual transgression did they set the law of God at naught, mingling the wine with water, but they also set up their own law in opposition to it, which is termed, even to the present day, as pharisaical. In this law they suppress certain things, add others, and interpret others again as they think proper, which their teachers use, each one in particular. And desiring to uphold these traditions, they were unwilling to be subject to the law of God, which prepares them for the coming of Christ. But they did even blame the Lord for healing on the Sabbath days, which, as I have already observed, the law did not prohibit. For they did themselves, in one sense, perform acts of healing upon the Sabbath day, when they circumcised a man on that day but they did not blame themselves for transgressing the command of God through the tradition and the aforesaid pharisaical law, and for not keeping the commandment of the law, which is the love of God. 2. But that this is the first and greatest commandment, and that the next has respect to love towards our neighbor, the Lord has taught, when he says that the entire law and the prophets hang upon these two commandments. Moreover, he did not himself bring down from heaven any other commandment greater than this one, but renewed this very same one to his disciples, when he enjoined them to love God with all their heart, and others as themselves. But if he had descended from another father, he never would have made use of the first and greatest commandment of the law, but he would undoubtedly have endeavored by all means to bring down a greater one than this from the perfect father, so as not to make use of that which had been given by the God of the law. And Paul, in like manner, declares, Love is the fulfilling of the law. And he declares that when all other things have been destroyed, there shall remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of all is love. And that, apart from the love of God, neither knowledge avails anything, nor the understanding of mysteries, nor faith, nor prophecy, but that without love all are hollow and vain. Moreover, that love makes man perfect, and that he who loves God is perfect, both in this world and in that which is to come. For we do never cease from loving God, but in proportion as we continue to contemplate Him, so much the more do we love Him.
3. As in the law, therefore, and in the gospel likewise, the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord God with the whole heart, and then there follows a commandment like to it, to love one's neighbor as oneself. The author of the law and the gospel is shown to be one and the same. For the precepts of an absolutely perfect life, since they are the same in each testament, have pointed out to us the same God, who certainly has promulgated particular laws adapted for each. But the more prominent and the greatest commandments without which salvation cannot be attained, he has exhorted us to observe the same in both. 4. The Lord, too, does not do away with this God, when he shows that the law was not derived from another God, expressing himself as follows to those who were being instructed by him, to the multitude and to his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All, therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens, and lay them upon other men's shoulders. But they themselves will not so much as move them with a finger. He, therefore, did not throw blame upon that law which was given by Moses, when he exhorted it to be observed, Jerusalem being as yet in safety, but he did throw blame upon those persons, because they repeated indeed the words of the law, yet were without love. And for this reason they were held as being unrighteous as respects God, and as respects their righteousness. As also Isaiah says, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching the doctrines and the commandments of men. He does not call the law given by Moses commandments of men, but the traditions of the elders themselves which they had invented, and in upholding which they made the law of God of none effect, and were on this account also not subject to his word. For this is what Paul says concerning these men. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. And how is Christ the end of the law, if he is not also the final cause of it? For he who has brought in the end has himself also wrought the beginning. And it is he who does himself say to Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt, and I have come down to deliver them. It being customary from the beginning with the word of God to ascend and descend for the purpose of saving those who were in affliction. 5. Now that the law did beforehand teach mankind the necessity of following Christ, he does himself make manifest when he replied as follows, to him who asked him what he should do that he might inherit eternal life. If thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. But upon the other asking, which, again the Lord replies, Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself setting as an ascending series before those who wished to follow him the precepts of the law 
as the entrance into life. And what he then said to one, he said to all. But when the former said, All these have I done, and most likely he had not kept them, for in that case the Lord would have said to him, Keep the commandments. The Lord, exposing his covetousness, said to him, If thou wilt be perfect, go, sell all that thou hast, and distribute to the poor, and come, follow me. Promising to those who would act thus the portion belonging to the apostles. And he did not preach to his followers another God the Father, beside him who was proclaimed by the law from the beginning, nor another son, nor the mother, the enthymesis of the Ion, who existed in suffering and apostasy, nor the pleroma of the thirty Ions, which has been proved vain and incapable of being believed in, nor that fable invented by the other heretics. But he taught that they should obey the commandments which God enjoined from the beginning, and do away with their former covetousness by good works, and follow after Christ. But that possessions distributed to the poor do annul former covetousness, Zacchaeus made evident when he said, Behold, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded any one, I restore fourfold. Chapter 13 Christ did not abrogate the natural precepts of the law, but rather fulfilled and extended them. He removed the yoke and bondage of the old law, so that mankind, being now set free, might serve God with that trustful piety which becometh sons. 1. And that the Lord did not abrogate the natural precepts of the law by which man is justified, which also those who were justified by faith, and who pleased God, and observed previous to the beginning of the law, but that he extended and fulfilled them, is shown from his words. For, as he remarks, it has been said of them of old time, Do not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that every one who hath looked upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And again, it has been said, Thou shalt not kill. But I say unto you, Every one who is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And it hath been said, Thou shalt not forswear thyself. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, but let your conversation be yea, yea, and nay, nay, and other statements of a like nature. For all these do not contain or imply an opposition to and an overturning of the precepts of the past, as Marcion's followers do strenuously maintain, but they exhibit a fulfilling and an extension of them, as he does himself declare, Unless your righteousness shall exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. For what meant the excess referred to? In the first place, we must believe not only in the Father, but also in his Son now revealed. For he it is who leads man into fellowship and unity with God. In the next place, we must not only say, but we must do, for they said, but did not. And we must not only abstain from evil deeds, but even from the desires after them. Now he did not teach us these things as being opposed to the law, 
but as fulfilling the law, and implanting in us the varied righteousness of the law. That would have been contrary to the law if he had commanded his disciples to do anything which the law had prohibited. But this which he did command, namely, not only to abstain from things forbidden by the law, but even from longing after them, is not contrary to the law, as I have remarked, neither is it the utterance of one destroying the law, but of one fulfilling, extending, and affording greater scope to it. 2. For the law, since it was laid down for those in bondage, used to instruct the soul by means of those corporeal objects which were of an external nature, drawing it, as by a bond, to obey its commandments, that man might learn to serve God. But the word set free the soul, and taught that through it the body should be willingly purified. Which, having been accomplished, it follows as of course, that the bonds of slavery should be removed, to which man had now become accustomed, and that he should follow God without fetters. Moreover, that the laws of liberty should be extended, and subjection to the king increased, so that no one who is converted should appear unworthy to him who set him free, but that the piety and obedience due to the master of the household should be equally rendered both by servants and children, while the children possess greater confidence than the servants, inasmuch as the working of liberty is greater and more glorious than that obedience which is rendered in a state of slavery. 3. And for this reason did the Lord, instead of that commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery, forbid even concupiscence, and instead of that which runs thus, Thou shalt not kill, he prohibited anger, and instead of the law enjoining the giving of tithes, he told us to share all our possessions with the poor, and not to love our neighbors only, but even our enemies, and not merely to be liberal givers and bestowers, but even that we should present our gratuitous gift to those who would take away our goods. For to him that taketh away thy coat, he says, Give to him thy cloak also. And from him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do unto you, do ye unto them. So that we may not grieve as those who are unwilling to be defrauded, but may rejoice as those who have given willingly and as rather conferring a favor upon our neighbors than yielding to necessity. And if any one, he says, shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain, so that thou mayest not follow him as a slave, but may as a freeman go before him, showing thyself in all things kindly disposed and useful to thy neighbor, not regarding their evil intentions, but performing thy kind offices, assimilating thyself to the Father, who maketh his Son to rise upon the evil and the good, and sendeth rain upon the just and unjust. Now all these precepts, as I have already observed, were not the injunctions of one doing away with the law, but of one fulfilling, extending, and widening it among us, that, as if one should say, that the more extensive operation of liberty implies that a more complete subjection and affection towards our liberator had been implanted within us. For he did not set us free for this purpose, that we should depart from him. No one, indeed, while placed out of reach of the Lord's benefits, 
has power to procure for himself the means of salvation, but that the more we receive his grace, the more we should love him. Now the more we have loved him, the more glory shall we receive from him, when we are continually in the presence of the Father. 4. Inasmuch, then, as all natural precepts are common to us and to the Jews, they had in them indeed the beginning and origin, but in us they have received growth and completion. For to yield assent to God, and to follow his word, and to love him above all, and one's neighbor as one's self, and to abstain from every evil deed, and all other things of a like nature, which are common to both covenants, do reveal one and the same God. But this is our Lord, the Word of God, who in the first instance certainly drew slaves to God, but afterwards he set those free who were subject to him, and he does himself declare to his disciples, I will not now call you servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things which I have heard from my Father I have made known. For in that which he says, I will not now call you servants, he indicates in the most marked manner that it was himself who did originally appoint for men that bondage with respect to God through the law, and then afterwards conferred upon them freedom. And in that he says, For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. He points out by means of his own advent the ignorance of a people in a servile condition. But when he terms his disciples the friends of God, he plainly declares himself to be the word of God, whom Abraham also followed voluntarily and under no compulsion, because of the noble nature of his faith, and so became the friend of God. But the word of God did not accept of the friendship of Abraham, as though he stood in need of it for he was perfect from the beginning. Before Abraham was, he says, I am. But that he, in his goodness, might bestow eternal life upon Abraham himself, inasmuch as the friendship of God imparts immortality to those who embrace it. End of Book 2, Chapters 10-13